I am the first angel loved once above all others. Perfect love. But like all true love, one day it withered on the vine. What are you? Oh, there's so many names. You don't really believe that I'm the devil, do you? Call me dad. Popes, swamis, snake handlers, all feeding at the same trough. What did the devil give you for your soul, Tommy? Well, he told me to play this here guitar real good. What's the devil look like? Well, of course, they're all manner of lesser imps and demons, but the great Satan himself is red and scaly with a bifurcated tail, and he carries a hay fork. If I cloven the hooves and a pointed tail, would you be more convinced? Vanity is definitely my favorite. Self-love, the all-natural opiate. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I've nurtured every sensation man has been inspired to have. I cared about what he wanted, and I never judged him. I'm a humanist. Maybe the last... Now, if you're the devil, as you say you are, you can do everything. Now, unhappily, not everything. I am bound by certain rules, and I do have my limitations. <sighs> you're nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm peeking. It's my time now. Can I ask you something? You're all church-going folk. I really want to ask you something. Do you think God knew what he was doing when he created woman? Christine, you know who I am. I've come for you. I'm the hand of Mona Lisa's skirt. I'm a surprise. They don't see me coming. Name is Hades, Lord of the Dead. Lucifer, Morningstar. I'm here on the ground with my nose in it since the whole thing began. Well, I had to be at that there crossroads last midnight. Sell my soul to the devil. The young carpenter from Nazareth? I knew him well. You know, the one soul I've come up here to collect myself. And the Lord of Darkness. I require the solace of the shadows and the dark of the night. He is a small world, spiritually speaking. He's doubtless just been baptized and saved. I guess I'm the only one that remains unaffiliated. Who in their right mind could possibly deny? The 20th century was entirely mine. All I wish is for you to sit and talk with me. I hereby guarantee that you will become the most successful in the world if I agree to relinquish my immortal soul to the bearer upon my death. <laughs> You're the devil. Oh, Mr. Winner. As a sophisticated, intelligent 20th century man, you know that the devil does not exist. True, true.
rest my case. Uh, just thinking about Al Pacino. I, I, mean, I mean, the devil. Also known as the Daystar, Son of the Morning, Anointed Cherub, Tempter, Beelzebub, the Evil One, the Enemy, the Liar, the Father of Lies, God of this Age, Angel of Light, Murderer. I think you get the picture. I'm going to be reading now from a book that I was introduced to several years ago. The author's name is James R. Brayshaw, B-R-A-Y-S-H-A-W. He's written a series of four books about this devil Satan character. And all four of his books can be obtained at the website ImagineNoSatan.com. His four books include volumes one through four. The first one, Satan, Christianity's Other God. The second one, Imagine There's No Satan. And the third volume is Who's the Devil Jesus Knew? And pulling up the rear, number four. This is it. Satan is finished. This is the first book, and it's the preface. And I am now quoting from his authorship. Where do our beliefs come from? For many of us, the teachings of man we have received have become so much a part of our lives that we believe our unquestioned beliefs are truth at the very depth of our being. At any point in our lives, any one of us could be deceived. However, a person who is deceived does not know they are deceived until they discover the error in their thinking. If we think that our own heart cannot deceive us, then why did the prophet Jeremiah say, quoting from the Bible, Jeremiah 17, 9, KJV, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And then he goes on to state the next paragraph where I will end on. When I was a child, this is Mr. Brayshaw speaking, and was taught about Satan, I always wondered, as many of us have, how an all-powerful God can allow such an evil being as Satan to exist. If God is sovereign, why doesn't he just wipe Satan out? How can this loving God allow an afflictor to continue to exert his cosmic powers upon the faithful and the innocent to bring destruction, chaos, and harm. Today, I would like to share some answers to those questions, Mr. Brayshaw goes on to state, and others about the existence of Satan. The answers shared in the following pages are able to free people from fear, confusion and misunderstanding about Satan and evil. 
The following is a work intended to prove that Satan does not exist as a cosmic supernatural being who is intent on destroying humanity and thwarting the plans of the Most High God. So, this is an interesting subject that Mr. Brayshaw tackled back in the 2008-9-10-ish era and wrote these four volumes on the subject. And when you think about the concept of uh, an author going into the depths and details that he has, it really is a subject that has not been that tilled and unearthed, and it has just laid as uh, fallow ground for those to uh, fertilely build the plants in their minds, if I can extend this analogy a little further, um, to what they believe today is this mystical character in and about, and some would even say has the ability to read their own minds. This is fear on steroids. This is the problem that we will tackle in today's podcast. The Bible says that they're spoken of all the way through the Bible as unclean, violent, and malicious. The Bible says that they're in conflict even with Christians. For many years I've traveled as a sinner in the night. Now, I do not believe that a Christian can be possessed of the but devil. Oh, that long black train of sin, and I could not see the Lord. I do not believe that a true born again believer can be demon possessed. Oh, but then I saw a headlight and a main switch of tracks. But the demons will bother you and irritate you and harass you and work on you night and day. And I just got off that devil's train and I'm alive. We are wrestling, not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. Now every person, you listen to this, every person outside of Christ is in danger of demon possession. And I could not you are a possible subject of demon possession. Oh, Sex obsession. I've met people that tell me that they're actually obsessed with it. They can think of nothing else. They're just like the people of Noah's day whose imaginations were evil continually till the judgment day. I believe that a great deal of this is demon power that we have to reckon with in our generation. You say, Billy, that's not just the devil, that's ourselves. Of course. But you see, we fell from our fellowship with God because of the temptation of the devil. The devil was there in the beginning, and he's been there all the time. And it's frightening. You can quote the word of God and he will flee. Back on the concept of adversarialness, a definition in Hebrew of Satan, later to be referred to Satan, is simply an adversarial cause or action or even person or concept in your mind or in your way 
So an adversary, that's why a lot of times you get in these Christian churches and they'll say the adversary is against me. Dun, dun, dun. But you have to understand anything that is an adversary could just be something trying to guide you in a better place without you even knowing it. And sometimes, most of the time, randomly. So if you are meeting with adversary, a roadblock in life, and you're trying to bust through it and you just can't, you say so you go the other way, that one thing could be to your benefit, especially if the other way yields a better result. And in that case, you could very easily say an adversary could be just about anything, anything good or evil. And if that's true, and it certainly is, then your God can be your adversary. So could God be the devil? And yeah, when you boil it down and get rid of all the mumbo jumbo and all the preacheristic jargon, yeah, your God could be your devil if it is an adversary in your way. Would you care to repeat that, you son of a bitch? <laughs> but people don't think like this. I mean, that's blasphemous to say, God is the devil. Oh, how dare you? But this is how whack theology can be when you start mixing literalism with ethereal, poetic, metaphorical, mystical. I see misled people underlying ism. When you try to personify anything, and that by definition means to give that concept or that entity or that thing human-like characteristics, like the walking chair or um, a car that can talk to you, you know, like give it a name like Herbie, you know, number 53, Herbie the love bug. So you personify certain things that are by definition not a person. And this is exactly what's going on with Mr. Pitchfork. You must address me with more respect. You will address me as your majesty. Where in the hell did the concept of a devil even come from? Where is this personified evil entity anyway? Some say that he, and again, this patristic labeling of everything's got to be a he, 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 comes from our, well, their glorious leaders, the Caesars in the first century Roman Empire, when they started putting together all these gods and other gods. So this personified evil character or the devil that no one seems to be able to put their finger on, except some people say, oh, no, no, I saw him. Right, let me tell you the story. Oh, and it goes like this. Oh, I was, uh... I was in a hotel one night, uh, and I went down to the lobby at midnight. I was waiting, and there was this man dressed in a dark suit, and he had a long overcoat. And I noticed he pulled his overcoat, and I could see <gasps> goat legs. Sarah! Oh, my God! I know him. I know him. You know, I mean, first of all, where are... <laughs> Why would you believe a story from someone like this? The person obviously is trying to contribute to the narrative because you can't have a savior, good guy, Lone Ranger, riding in to save the day without the evil Black Bart. There's no need to fear. Underdog is here. The protagonist. So... You go up to the average Christian today and say that there's no such thing as a devil and nor has there ever been and they'll rip your heart out. They have to have this devil in their life. I know him. 
And what's the quote? Uh, principalities and powers and dark realms and high places. The uh, God of this age, or the God of this world, the God of this planet. Uh, yeah. I have not said that I do not cause all the misery of the world. On the other hand, I boast of it. It is my business to represent the negative side of everything. So, this dichotomous need to have a yin and a yang, and it all goes back to Zoroastrian beliefs. Zoro who? Zoroastrianism, which, by the way, was the religion that Freddie Mercury sprang from and his family, is a monotheistic religion that preempted the three major Abrahamic religions of today. Founded by a Persian prophet by the name of Zoroaster in Greek, or in his native tongue, Zarathustra, where, of course, we get that song. Also, spake Zarathustra, or the 2001 Space Odyssey theme. Also, it is the music that is used in the Elvis Presley opening concerts. So this religion was formed about 3,500 years ago. Some scholars say as much as perhaps 6,000 years back. And in much order of the other mythical messiahs before and after this person, the Persian priest, it was just another story of a God-man that came, died, rose again, and had special followers and disciples and religious practices to adhere to, bringing us all the concepts that we have today that incorporate the Judeo-Christian and Islamic beliefs, uh, an afterlife of heaven or hell, or, uh, some of the notions of a devil and a good and bad God. But the important thing to remember about Zoroaster is that it was a mythical person that the writers of the day used and capitalized on the populace to incorporate their accepted behavior patterns using religion as, I guess you could say, the backhand of the mother to discipline society so it does not run amok. And this is perhaps the most feasible and useful use of religion through the centuries, even down to today. If anything, it keeps society in line because of all the materialistic other overlay society that is incorporated with it. And like, um, I think it was Jack Nicholson as the Joker in 1989, he said that, uh, well, I'll let him do it. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a devil gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. But rather just a town. <laughs> How about all these six inhabited islands that they call the globe? Would that be like a global enema instead of a global warming, I guess? But nonetheless, it is the forerunner of the concept of a good God and a bad God system, or the what's perceived today to be God or Allah or Jehovah or Yahweh and Satan or the devil. It is not right, but it is correct. 
So the idea was, if good things happened, it's got to be this good God and bad things, contrary, blamed on the devil. According to John Bowker, and Bowker is spelled B-O-W-K-E-R, in his 1997 book, World Religions, the Great Faiths Explored and Explained, many of the modern religious beliefs and concepts spring from Zoroastrianism, including the concepts of angels, the world having an end, the judgment, day or throne, and resurrection. Also, the concepts of heaven and hell, that's found on page 13 of that source. Yes, thus spake Zarathustra, or Zoroaster. The character that invented a good god must have a bad god to counteract the two. Thus, the origins actually thereof, Judeo-Christian thought and basis for the doctrine and the dogma of these two characters battling for the souls of humankind throughout the ages. Then Satan cringed, the sinners groaned, the demons reeled in pain, as a swell of power like silent thunder rolled. With a surge of light beyond intense, illuminating the universe, in resplendent glory appeared the Son of God. The bell, the crowd, the fight was on, and the devil leaped in fury. Now the final blow saved for the final round. Prophetically, Christ's hands came down, and Satan struck in vengeance. The blow of death fell Jesus to the ground. So, you can blame a lot of bad shit in the world on the fact that there's a devil, you know. Not so quick to judge there, uh, McEnroe. Answer my question! The question, jerk! I'm going to award a point against you, Mr. McEnroe. Actually, you've got to consider that there's a lot of shitty humans thinking shittily in the world today. You don't need to blame this on the devil, Geraldine. The devil made me buy this dress. <laughs> Say, I didn't want to buy no dress. The devil kept following me. I was going down the street going, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the devil kept following me, and he kept telling me how good I look. So let's go back a little bit and find out where this mythological entity had its point of origin. And you really do have to go back to what they call the very first book in the Bible, the book of Job and understand what was going on there. Some kind of a pissing contest between the devil and God over the righteousness actions thereof. This man, Job, and his family, and his business, and all his sheep and goats and vegetables of the field, and the dude was doing pretty good. So along comes this devil character, and he's like, yeah, 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 the only reason that he's doing all this good stuff is because you're so good to him. And of course, if those of you who are familiar with the biblical read in the story, you know where it goes from there. So there is the entry point of this character. But then later on, kind of out of order, and actually the entire writ is really out of order, you've got the mosaic myth story of Adam and Eve in the garden. And there's this slithering snake serpent that comes along, you know, with the fork of tongue, kind of like that NASA logo. 
but I to grass. Call me Snake. And he's like, oh, trying to convince Eve. Do you really think that you're going to have to live your life not knowing? Surely you won't die. And the Oscar goes to... You know, so you... There's this snaky snake kind of thing going on. Now, a lot of people take this literally, like they do that rapture thingy. But it's not. If anything, it, well, first of all, the whole foundation is mythological. These are stories that were made up by some ancient people to try to direct the human populace and control them and keep them squelched down just a bit with all their shenanigans, while the ones suppressing shenanigans are out there shenaniganing their own way. You're just making that shit up, aren't you? So, you got this snake in the grass. This is where they call this the devil or the Satan. And in Hebrew, the language Satan actually means an adversary. But for some weird-ass reason, people believe it's a literal talking snake, which doesn't go good with the atheist crowd, who already think it's whack-a-mole, and then this just adds fuel to the fire. One of those stories you just can't quite digest, not even with a good tonic. Mulled wine, heavy on the cinnamon and light on the clothes. Oh, give me light and be lively. So, this serpent Satan snake symbol uh, later on is as a good thing, which is so confusing. And then, of course, you have to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So there's a little wisdom there, something to be emulated from this slithering, slimy little creature. This is the origin of where we get all this myth. I will not need to deny your story. My followers will do that for me. See if they don't. When you start misinterpreting with let's say, Western or Alexandrian eyes, a Hebraic uh, Eastern uh, philosophy and conceptualization, more poetic than pathetic, more ethereal than, you know, hardcore. So it's more of a storyline to get a point across. But the writers of the New Testament and the modern-day evangelistic more like evangelistic teachers want to bring this thing to light and put a real devil out there. Well, then let's introduce ourselves. I'm Damien Carroll. And I'm the devil. Now kindly undo these straps. If you're the devil, why not make the straps disappear? That's not too vulgar display of power, Carroll. Where's Reagan? In here with us. Show me Reagan and I'll loosen one of the straps. Your mother sit here with his Carroll. Would you like to leave a message? I see that she gets it. Oh, such a bad mistake. First of all, you can't see this character. All you can see is a bunch of bad stuff going around. And again, like I said before, there's bad people in the world that do bad things. But then again, you've got to determine what is the definition of badness. I'm a bad boy! Because one man's treasure is another man's trash so to speak. So the relative terms of good and evil are really up for grabs as far as do they really exist? Are there just consequences of actions that are blamed on good or bad ethereal entities like the devil? 
as in, we heard before, the devil made me do it. But as the founder of the Church of Satan, Anton LaVey describes, blaming it on the devil is, uh, well, kind of outdated. For centuries, both churchmen and laymen have been defining the devil according to their needs, all the while playing the game of muzzling the enemy. They've been inventing the rules of how devils should behave, how Satanists should behave, how devil worshippers should act. And they have been in an authoritative position to do this because naturally they are the men of God, they are the men of the church. Supposedly they are the men who have been doing battle with this devil and been absolving their parishioners of these devil's promptings. In this manner, have they maintained a convenient means by which to escape the blame for their inadequacies or indiscretions? The devil made me do it. Has long been a stock alibi. Once it held, it held very firm. Now, fortunately, fortunately for us, it has become ludicrous to say the devil made me do it. Yeah, so these characters are useful to explain causes of actions and choices thereof. If you can just imagine that you're some kind of a ping pong ball, an ethereal game, where you're getting battered around and you really have no say in the matter, it's just whatever paddle hits you the hardest. Well, <laughs> don't get caught up in a game with Forrest Gump. I played ping pong even when I didn't have anyone to play ping pong with. Devil is in the details, right? So this personified devil character runs around and does all these terrible things, starts wars, causes fights, puts lust in your heart. Um, I think that was you. Makes you want to do certain things that lead to bad choices, that lead to bad consequences. Where is this character? Where is this devil? Where does he hang out? You know, what, 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 I don't get it. And who says it's a he? There you get the patristic bullcrap. Every important entity in the past is going to be a he. <laughs> oh, my bad. She devils, right? She devils exist. But that's not the point. These concepts, again, are to instill fear in the hearts of humanity. Uh, when you're paranoid and anxious and concerned that if you do this certain thing, it's because of a other entity that you can blame it on, the Satan, the adversary, the Satan, the pitchfork carrier, the guy with the red suit and the pointed tail. Where the hell did that come from? Well, you know, these authors of books, they like to try to embellish the story as years go on. And you can't really pin down something that's unseen or mystical or mythical or whatever. So, like the nuke scare, this thought process is mulled over and over in the humans that maybe they perhaps are being possessed by this entity. Possession, really. The de like, the devil has time to just go into your body, possess you, and just take you over. But yet, got all this other stuff to do. So much more damaging. But you're going to be the one to get possessed. Okay. Oh, then you got to look at, oh, well, he's got his... his his minions, his demones, you know, his, his imps, his little oompa loompas are going to go out and do his bidding. And it's like, just really, this is just a great science fiction story. 
A story that's been told over and over again just to generate fear. Fear in the hearts of people who don't understand. People with lack of knowledge. People who do not really take the time to stop and question what they've been told and trained up as a child to believe. The Christian life is risky. Taking on the devil is risky. What's, what's riskier? Say no to God? Say no to God. The devil's got you. And just like the uh, important scientists who tell you they can take an atom and split it, even though it's microscopic and cause such a huge explosion, it's going to blow up an entire area of 20 miles, 30 miles square, whatever it is. You tend to believe that because they're the ones in authority over a lot of people. They are important people. I mean, they've been to school. They've been to seminary. They know some stuff that I don't know. I've got to trust that they know what they're talking about. Really? Well, that's not going to be a good strategy if you want to be someone who is unfearful. Someone who doesn't fear anything. And fearing absolutely nothing, be it devil or imaginary uh, government official with their... uh, invisible clothing what is the difference because remember the meme of the viking and it said never fuck with a warrior who's not afraid to die in battle i think that sums it up brilliantly right there at the beginning of the podcast i played a montage featuring sympathy for the devil from the rolling stones if you go to the video on YouTube right now, approaching 32 million views, it's the one with the lyrics splattered all across a wall in some graffiti style. If you go to the 5 minute 18 second mark, you'll notice actually the solution and reason for the whole devil concept, where it came from and what it's up to. And the simple lyric from Mr. Jagger's voice is, you're to blame reminiscent of a certain Batman movie when the Joker described where he came from you idiot you made me remember and you may be asking how did we make the devil pretty simple when you think about the fact that when someone gets it in their mind to do something contrary to human relations. They may label this action evil or demented or unholy or whatever. The fact remains that it was generated from the depths of that person's conscience or heart or brain. It's nothing to do with an outside entity. The devil doesn't make you think bad thoughts because the devil doesn't exist. Look in the mirror and you'll find a creature, a human, that has the potentiality of being way more dastardly than any devil could ever be. Just think of the whole concept of religion developing an idea that someone is going to be tortured forever versus just a time of imprisonment where there's a temporary holdback of rights and privileges. This is something diabolical. This is something only a human could come up with, given enough time. 
So, the devil, the Satan, the demons, the hell, and all of that is not necessary. And there is no empirical evidence of it whatsoever. At the end of this podcast, you will hear a musical montage, and one of the songs is ACDC's Highway to Hell. Listen carefully to how I've taken some theological teaching and mixed it in with the lyric, and you'll see that there really is nothing that comes close to the imagines of the human heart when it decides to be contrary and to be unkind and destructive to its fellow human beings. All right, so that'll about do it for this podcast on the big bad forked devil tongue guy in the red suit. Stay tuned next week. We're going to be covering our final in this triple trifecta fear factor series all about death and dying. Um, If there's nothing to fear, then um, maybe there's nothing to fear in death either. This is Art Stemmel. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Click here. And thank you to our undying support from New Airwaves Audio Productions. If you want to get something done as far as a voiceover or some type of commercial announcement or public service announcement, they are the company to go to. I invite you to check them out. Thank you once again for tuning into this week's podcast. We'll see you next time. I want the people to know that it saved my soul, but I still like to listen to the radio. They say rock and roll is wrong, we'll give you one more chance. I say I feel so good, I gotta get up and dance. I know what's right, I know what's wrong, I don't confuse it. All I'm really trying to say is why should the devil have all the good music? So she walks in the house, the rep says, another dress? You want another dress? This is ridiculous. It's the third dress this week. The devil made me buy this dress. Wanna buy no dress? Said every time you do something wrong, you blame it on the devil. You blame it on the devil when you're in the car and decide in the church. It was the devil. You wasn't there. How do you know? You grabbed the steering wheel out of my hand. But why didn't you step on the brake? Yeah, because when he grabbed the steering wheel, I tried to kiss him. I kissed him, step on the brake.
See, that's your size, dude. It's on sale, too. Don't got no halo. Got a lot of them flowers in you like you like, you know? Why don't you treat yourself to that dress?
you can hear him cry Oh, Lord, heaven knows we belong way down below Sing it Here podcast brought to you by New Airwaves Audio Crowd Dungeons. <laughs> 